Specialty Story, session number 30. Whether you're a pre-med or a medical student, you've answered the calling to become a physician. Soon you'll have to start deciding what type of medicine you'll want to practice. We're here to tell you the stories of specialists from every field to give you the information you need to make sure you make the most informed decision possible when it comes to choosing your specialty. And welcome to the Specialty Stories Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here today and every day that we have a podcast. Today we have a a different type of episode, not different in the fact that we haven't done it before, but different in the fact that the specialty that we're going to do a deep dive into today for residency data does not participate in the main match process. Now, the match is the the program that you apply to in medical school, while you're in medical school, to determine where you're going to do your residency. It's an algorithm that was created, I think it was back in the 70s. I I probably should have looked that up before I talked about it. (laughs) But the algorithm was created, and the people that actually made that algorithm won a Nobel Prize for it. Um, it's, It's used in a lot of different things now. Uh, not just the match. But not every specialty participates in the the main match, the ARIS, which is Electronic Residency Application Service. So E-R-A-S, ARIS match. And that is put on by the NRMP, which is the National Residency Matching Program or National Resident Matching Program. And Most specialties are part of the main match. So when you hear the match, that's what most people are talking about. But we're going to cover ophthalmology today. And ophthalmology is the rare exception that does not participate in the normal match. And so if you know somebody that's applying for ophthalmology and they don't know that it's not part of the normal match, kind of give them a little nudge and, and let them know. The the ophthalmology match is done through SF Match, which is at sfmatch.org. And I don't know why they do that. They just, they want their own control. It's kind of like Texas. Texas likes to do everything themselves. I guess ophthalmology is kind of the same. And ophthalmologists actually match in January. So normal medical students match in for their specialties in March. Students that are applying for ophthalmology match in January, so they know a little bit ahead of time. So we're going to cover some match data for ophthalmology. It's not a ton of data like the NRMP puts out, so it's not going to be as long of an episode, but it's still valuable information if you're interested in ophthalmology. And so I'm finding this information from the sfmatch.org website. If you look at Um, Or if you just Google ophthalmology match data, you'll be taken to the page and find it. So if you look at, uh, and this is a big residency stats 2017 report that I have found. And the, the first page here talks about the number of positions that are offered. And the number of positions have held steady. They have data that goes all the way back to 2008. So it's nice to see uh, such a huge amount of data here, 10 years of data for matching. And so back in 2008, there were 454 spots 
and 2017, 468. So it hasn't been growing a ton, which is good. Uh, What's interesting is the number of spots that are left open after the match. In 2008, there were one, and for the most part, it's one, two, there's a few threes in there. But in 2017, there were six open spots, which is very interesting because ophthalmology typically is one of those residency matches that uh, are very competitive. And so the fact that there are six left, just keep that in mind when you are applying, and, and we've talked about this before for other residency programs, the the match data that the NRMP gives out shows that those that don't match are typically not ranking enough programs. And so for, for these students that there are the six spots that went unfilled, it's probably because that students weren't applying broadly enough. Everybody wants to be in New York or California. Nobody thinks about the, the quote-unquote flyover states in the middle of the country. And so if you are flexible, that is a big opportunity for you by looking at those other options as well. The USMLE data, which is good, uh, it shows us, uh, I'm assuming this is step one information. They don't tell us step one versus step two. The matched median uh, let's do matched mean. So matched mean for 2017 was 243. So that's a very high number. The unmatched mean is 227. So if you're not matching, again, th- this is one of the unfortunate things with the match is once you're in medical school, you know that the MCAT and GPA are important, but usually a, a strong application can help overcome some deficiencies in some areas. But when it comes to matching, your step one score or for DOs, your Comlex level one score are are basically it. It's a huge part of your application and is what opens the doors for you for these competitive residencies. So a huge difference here, 243 to 227 for the means for matched to unmatched. Now, one of the things that the NRMP match data gives us typically is it, it gives us a breakdown of, of U.S. seniors and U.S. graduates and, and international graduates and everything else. So here's the numbers for the ophthalmology residency match for 2017. The U.S. allopathic seniors made up 80% of those that matched in the ophthalmology match. So U.S. allopathic seniors, large, the majority of students. U.S. allopathic graduates were 7%. So 87% of all the students that matched, or all of the, the people that matched, physicians that matched, were from U.S. MD schools. 4% were from osteopathic schools. So for you DOs out there, it's... It's a, a slimmer chance, but there is the opportunity. And so this, I, I want to reiterate again, and I've talked about it before, that when, when you look at this data, you, you can't look at it and go, oh, I guess if, if you want to be an ophthalmologist, you shouldn't go to a DO school. But that's not 
always the case. And so it's it's hard to look at these numbers and go, I, I guess 4% are, are made up of osteopathic students. I guess I shouldn't go to an osteopathic school. That, that doesn't mean you shouldn't go to an osteopathic school. That means if you go to an osteopathic school, it looks like it's going to be harder for you for whatever reason to go into ophthalmology. Now, there there could be a, a, a huge number of reasons why it's harder. And maybe it's because you don't have the exposure to a large academic medical center that where where most of these ophthalmology residencies may be. So, so you're not getting that exposure that an MD student is going to get. That could be a big part of it. It could be harder because at a lot of DO schools, you, you have to travel around a bit for your uh, clinical rotations. And so it's harder to build relationships with program directors and get that experience in research. So there are a lot of a lot of reasons to to think about if if you are in a DO school, don't give up on being an ophthalmologist. Just think through what else you may need to do. So when you look at for 2017, they they have here on page three of this huge 2017 match um PDF for ophthalmology, US osteopathic seniors, 26% matched. Now what's interesting is that for the US osteopathic seniors, 34 registered for the match, but only 19 participated in the match, meaning they they submitted their their rank list and everything else. And then five of those matched. So five of the 19s, 26%. When you compare that to n- almost 90%, 89% of U.S. allopathic seniors matched. It's a big difference, um, but I'm, I'm very interested to know where that difference came between 34 that registered, 19 that participated. U.S. osteopathic graduates, so students that went to a DO school, took some time off probably to do some research, and, and they, um, or, or maybe they didn't match in the prior year, um, nobody matched from the U.S. osteopathic seniors. Um, the U.S. allopathic graduates, 19 matched, almost 44%. So if you graduated from from an MD school, went off to do some research and strengthen your application, 44% of those students matched. What's interesting here is 36% of international medical graduates matched. So a higher number than osteopathic students. So one of those things, don't just look at those numbers and go, oh, I guess if I want to be an ophthalmologist, I should go to a Caribbean school because my chances are 10% higher. It's, it's not always that easy to look at those numbers. And here's something to look at. So 2016, U.S. osteopathic seniors was a 41% match rate versus 23% for international applicants. And that's why this is one of the the... the key reasons why I don't recommend, if you're pre-med, I don't recommend looking at match data to choose where you go to medical school because it varies year to year, student to student, class to class. It has nothing to do with the school. Yes, the school may be affiliated with the top uh, ophthalmology residency, and so you get great exposure, and it's going to increase your chances of getting into um, an ophthalmology residency, but it's you that goes out to form that relationship with the residency program. It's you that goes and forms the network with the other residents 
and the program directors and the attendings. It's you that goes out and, and gets those letters of recommendations. It has nothing to do with the school. The school maybe gave you access to those people because you went to school there and, and there's an academic medical center there, but it's, it's you that does well on your boards and goes out and networks and builds the relationships necessary to match in a competitive program. So don't look at the school. Don't look at the school match list, rather, to determine where you should go to school. Now, here's something that I love to see, and it's, it's kind of a scary number, so kind of hold on to your seats as, as I'm telling you this. So we talked, I talked earlier, I mentioned that a lot of times students aren't applying broadly enough to enough programs. So here are the average number of applications per matched individual. So in 2016, the number, the average number of applications per individual was 70. So think back, think back to applying to medical school. Most people start freaking out over 20. This is 70. And it's not as bad as medical school where you're writing secondaries for every school and everything else. But just think of that. If if all of these schools want interviews with you, 20, 20 schools out of the 70 you want to do, or 20 of the programs out of the 70 want to do interviews with you, that's a lot of travel, a lot of money. And, and so in 2017, it was 72. So it went up a little bit, the average number of applications per match. And then what's interesting here, compared to USMLE data, or not USMLE, the NRMP data, where matched versus unmatched, there's usually a big divide there. For 2016, those that, un, that went unmatched applied to 73 programs, more, three more programs than those that matched. And maybe that, that seems logical if students who don't have the best USMLE step one scores maybe will apply more broadly and so they have a higher number of applications. In 2017, those numbers did reverse. Um, there were 72 number of average applications the average number of applications per match versus 67, those that did not match. And so going down to page seven, has the, this um, PDF report has the USMLE step one score information. And so it's, it's gr- awesome to see from January 2008 to January 2017, the score went up by 11 points, the, the match score. I'm assuming it's the average match score. It was 232 in 2018, or 2008, and 243 for January match of uh, of 2017. So it went up 11 points. And then those that went unmatched, the average USMLE Step 1 score was 212 in 2008 and 227 in 2017. So it went up 15 points. So when you see numbers like that, it just means it's getting more and more and more competitive. In 2016, it was even higher. It was 244 for matched and 229 for unmatched. So if you're thinking about ophthalmology, I know from a, for a fact, just having some friends in ophthalmology, research, research, research is important. Getting those connections, getting those relationships, and then step one scores obviously are huge. So that's... Most of the data from this PDF report, again, on sfmatch.org, just Google ophthalmology match data, 
and you can find and download the report and you can look at it and follow along with me. There are some other charts in here that um, may be interesting to you, but I don't really need to talk about them here on the podcast. I do want to cover the Medscape Lifestyle Report and Physician Compensation Report for ophthalmology. So let's go over money first. So the 2017 Compensation Report from Medscape, again, just do a quick Google. You can find it. Ophthalmology is a little bit higher than middle of the road at $345,000 for average annual physician compensation, just to give you an idea. Four eighty nine dollars at the top with orthopedics. Right around ophthalmology, you have general surgery and emergency medicine. So some some numbers to look at for you. Ophthalmology, according to this report, actually had a 12% increase in their compensation, which is pretty nice from last year. Ophthalmology also on the higher end for percentage of physicians that feel fairly compensated at 53%. What's interesting in the compensation report, they have a question, would you choose medicine again? And ophthalmologists on the higher end at 79% choosing medicine again. And ophthalmology right near the top at 93% would choose the same specialty over again. So ophthalmologists seem to like their job. All right, so moving on to the lifestyle report. The second slide here, again, this is 2017 lifestyle report from Medscape. Ophthalmology is near the bottom of burnout, which is great. You want to be near the bottom for this one at 43%. The lowest is psychiatry at 42%. So ophthalmologists are, again, enjoying their job. They don't feel burnt out. How severe is your burnout? Again, ophthalmology near the bottom at four on a scale, I think it was one to seven. It's a, a weird scale. I won't go over it here, but if you want to take a look, go again, Medscape Lifestyle Report 2017. Ophthalmologists seem to be one of the most happiest. They're actually second happiest, according to this. 74% outside of work and 42% at work, which is um, 1% lower than dermatology, which is the highest. So ophthalmologists seem to really, really like their job. I've said that a couple times now. So that's a good thing. All right, and that's all I have for you for ophthalmology residency data. Again, ophthalmology residency is outside of the normal match through ARIS, the NRMP. The ophthalmology match is through SF match. And the match is earlier. You match in January, not March. And a few other tweaks there. So if you're interested in ophthalmology, go check out sfmatch.org or just Google ophthalmology match. And there's some helpful links there, some FAQs, uh, Lots of good information to help you get ahead so that when it comes match time, you're not surprised with information that that you're throwing together at the last minute. I hope this was helpful for you, and I hope to have another great interview for you next week, and I hope you are here for that. Don't forget to subscribe so you get this podcast here every week on your iOS or Android device. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.